Welcome to another episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Parmentier, along with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey there. And uh, we actually are going to do the game we had told, told you we were going to do last week, Golden Axe Warrior for the Sega Master System. But before we jump into that possible best game we've ever talked about, uh, what have you been playing since last time, Billy? Well, I'm still trying out that Xbox One that I picked up over Christmas, I uh, playing that Rare Collection quite a bit still uh just dabbling here and there uh, not really dedicating myself to one just kind of trying one game a few minutes at a time uh catching up on things i i kind of missed out on over the years and also in, in terms of missing out uh i i owned a 360 since around launch and i never played a gears of war game i just uh did not appeal the concept of the you know the big roided up soldiers with the the giant guns uh taking on these aliens or whatnot, never really uh, appealed much to me. But uh, by the console came with uh, the Gears of War. I believe it's like an HD kind of overhaul of the the first one. Uh, And I played through that and and highly enjoyed it. And I've I've moved on to the second one uh, from there. I'm, I'm happy to say I guess I was completely wrong about that series. It's, I haven't played any of those, uh, but I've played very similar games. A lot of games people say are like Gears of War, and I, I do mm-hmm. enjoy them. Uh, a lot more than standard, you know, uh, first-person shooter kind of military stuff. But uh, I do enjoy them. Um, you know, since the last time, all I've done is play a whole lot of Xenoblade Chronicles X. But I also talked at length now for the last two episodes about Xenoblade Chronicles X, so I don't want to talk a lot more about it. Nothing has changed. Uh, it's just there's, there's so many things to do, and I'm never going to run out of stuff to do, apparently. Um, but what I did also start playing was I bought this morning, so I've played all of five minutes of it, but I bought uh, in again. I think that's how you say it properly, if not I've been saying it wrong, for about 20 years. Uh, I owned it before on the PlayStation. Uh, it was one of my, at that time, girlfriend's like favorite games, and she played it a bunch, and I watched a little bit, but I never really got into it, I guess because I thought it was her game and never really mine. I was busy playing. Uh, at that point, I had written off RPGs altogether, so I'm sure I was playing Silent Hill or something. But I picked it up again today because it was a dollar fifty on the mm-hmm. PlayStation Network, and I am looking forward to playing it again uh, when I can pull myself away from Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, what about you, Jeremy? What have you been doing? Well, I, I really haven't been playing much much different than what I was playing last time. I've, been, I've still been working my way through Shovel Knight and uh, enjoying that. Still really enjoying that. Um, but what I would take uh, would like to take some time here to talk about today is a problem that our friend Billy Holiday has. What? And I would like to maybe take this time so he can get this out in the open and, and confront this problem head on. Now, in the past, we've talked about that me and Billy play Black Ops 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, me and Billy and my girlfriend will usually play it about, I don't know, about three or four times a week, um, maybe for about an hour at night. And, uh, you know, we're scrubbly at best. We're not very good. But is scrubbly a this- word? <laughs> I like it. If not, it is starting today. Hashtag scrubbly. <laughs> well, I mean, our kill death ratio sits around one. You know, that's I, I, it's a little bit below here and there, a little bit above, which means we usually come out even or a little bit better. And um, so anyway, what you know, we, we play this game and when you win matches or when you lose matches, you get these things called crypto keys. Oh, and what? Yeah, see. <laughs> 
And what you use these crypto keys for are these uh, crates that you can uh, open. I think you can use either 10 crypto keys or 30 crypto keys. The 10, the 10 crypto key crate has uh, uh, your pretty standard stuff with some with chance to get uh, rare items. And the 30, 30 crypto key one is supposed to have rare items guaranteed. But anyway, um, Billy is addicted to crypto keys to the point where I think he will sit for hours and play that game just to gain up crypto keys to open a crate. I think it's like a release for him when he gets enough to open one of those crates. Like he just anxiously goes back to that screen so he can open up that crate. So (laughs) you, you go ahead, Billy, you just go ahead and get this out there. I I think this this is my Witcher three card game. (laughs) This crypto key business. I I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, uh, double crypto keys, uh, you really only have to play like three games now to get to 10. Uh, I always want to unlock uh, a 30 key crate, uh, but I never make it. Once I hit 10, uh, I've got, I find myself right there. You know, he says, you know, you want, you want a 30 key, uh, keep playing. You're going to have to wait a while. Or you can have the instant satisfaction of the 10. And it's lesser items, but I, I find that... And I think anybody, Jeremy probably also has, he's, he's told me before, he doesn't think uh, the 30 has anything exclusive. And really, I've gotten a lot more good stuff out of the, the 10 keys. Uh, but I'm not the biggest one with a problem here. I'll just say that it's a, it's a thrill in, in my day that is always so structured. I get up at the same time. I work the same hours. It, it's, it's something, it's quite a relief to have the randomness of these crates and something unexpected to look forward to. And that might sound like a sad life to most of you. <laughs> and, uh, maybe it is, but I'll tell you what's sad. Uh, his, he needs to have a talk before he starts speaking of other houses. He needs to take a look <laughs> in his own home at his girlfriend who has the opposite problem and has some aversion to, to spending her crypto keys. And when I hear the amount that she has sitting there, and it's almost like she she messaged me on we don't we hardly ever talk. She messaged me on Facebook just to let me know how many she had, <laughs> and the and the fact that she was not going to be using them. I don't know what her trouble is, but I think uh, before we talk of my problems, he needs to worry <laughs> about uh, the, the the person closest to him first. I I have talked to her at length about this, and she just... have you have you spoke with a raised voice yet? I well, I pointed my finger at her in, mm-hmm. in in an accusing manner, and she just does not think that the stuff that you get from those uh, those things, which if the people don't know that's listening, it's it's like uh, camo for your guns or icons that you can use uh, in, in like a custom paint job or your. There's a icon. wrench in there. There's a melee wrench. Yeah, I mean you can get stuff like that, but I mean that's super super rare. I think I've come across maybe two or three things total. But anyway, she just doesn't think, uh, you know, that that stuff is is very interesting. So she never really looks forward to it. And I remember I looked over one at one point and she had about 85 or 90 oh. of those crypto keys. And I messaged you and I said, she's got that. Min- I am pretty sure you had to lay down for about 15 minutes. I did. For, <laughs> I, I hope they put in some way that you can trade these things and she can send them to me. And I can do what needs to be done with them. I, I just don't understand. She has them. They're there to be spent. You can't do anything else with these things. Even if you're not interested, why not? I don't understand. Yeah, and I, I probably know. never... Women, what can you do with them? I, uh, 
I don't know, but really that's all I wanted to talk talk about. I, I'm, I'm glad that's out in the open now and uh, that we can both move on from this. Mm-hmm. From this. You know, I was going to say something and make fun of how awful that is, but at the same time, I think I spent the entirety of 2015 collecting virtual Star Wars cards, so I pretty much have nothing to say. Good job. Good job on collecting something useful you can actually use in-game, where I just have uh, different pictures of the original Star Wars movies uh, that I somehow thought was worth spending money on. So, <clears throat> good for me. Good for me. We're, we're all very, very cool people, and we lead <laughs> extremely. extremely exciting lives. Mm-hmm. Well, we spent most of our lives for the last two weeks when we weren't playing all the things we already talked about or collecting crate keys or whatever it was we just mentioned, uh, playing Golden Axe Warrior for the Sega Master System. Now, Golden Axe, in general, I think is a pretty solid series. Uh, Do you disagree? Anyone does not like Golden Axe? I I think Golden Axe is great. I love Golden Axe. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah, the original came out in 1989 for the Sega Genesis and, and arcades. I mean, arcades originally and then ported the Genesis almost immediately. It was it was one of the games that really sold the Genesis, at least for, for me. I, I thought, uh, you know, compared to the Turbo Graphics, which I ended up getting instead, uh, which came with Legendary, not came with, but uh, launched with Legendary Axe, which was more of a, a single-player side-scrolling action game. Golden Axe, you could play with multiple people. Uh, You had a selection of characters that weren't all the same. I mean, they were all roughly the same, but they had different magical powers. But either way, it was a fun game. It was You could play with your friends or your brother or whoever, and it was awesome. In the arcades, it was a great, you know, standard side-scrolling brawler um, with a fantasy theme to it. It was huge on the Genesis. They did port it for the Sega Master System. We did not review that game because that game is terrible. I don't know if you've bothered watching a video of the Golden Axe release for the Sega Master System, the original arcade port. It is terrible. Uh, I mean, I guess for the time it's playable, but mm, it's very choppy. The animation is not good. And it, it, it faithfully looks like the arcade game if you look at it still, but when you look at it in motion, it's absolutely terrible looking. So it was a huge hit on the Genesis, and it was a huge hit in the arcades. And so in 1991, they released Golden Axe 2 for the Sega Genesis exclusively. Uh, But then they didn't want to leave the Master System behind. And they released another game in the Golden Axe series, sort of. Golden Axe Warrior for the Sega Master System. So this came out in 1991. The very end of the system, it's considered one of the system's rarest games. And thankfully, uh, you can play it on the... Uh, Sonic's Arcade Collection or Sonic's Genesis Collection for the PS3 and Xbox 360, which is how I played this. I don't know if any of you guys uh, broke out your Master Systems and hunted down a copy of the cart. I did not, although I did own this cart before. No, you know, I um, I had played it on that collection also, uh, having unlocked it, but never playing it after unlocking it. Um, Seems awful familiar to me, though. I have never played this game, but something about it. (laughs) Every small little detail about this game uh, just just seemed very familiar. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe it was just me. Well, maybe you played a lot of Golden Axe, so you recognized the the carryover from the Golden Axe universe into this game. That must be what it was. Yes, I think it it was that time I, I asked you, hey, is this bald guy with the... The bald guy with the sword. Is he from Golden Axe? That had to be it. (laughs) Well, if you have not played Golden Axe, it doesn't matter at all. Because Golden Axe Warrior barely takes anything from that series and brings it to the game. Instead, it more directly copies another game that a few people of you may have heard of. A few people of you. Uh, Some of you may have heard of The Legend of Zelda, a very rare game on Nintendo. No one's ever played it. 
Um, but it, it's very, you know, it was huge in Japan, so maybe you got a chance to check out Legend of Zelda. If not, I highly recommend you check it out. No, it's it's a direct copy of the first Legend of Zelda. I mean, it it's as close to a, a direct copy as you can get without literally just porting it over to the Genesis. And I don't know if people are thinking that we're exaggerating this, but oh, no, no, <laughs> this is. No. I, I was actually. Um, I was looking at this and I was like, man, this just kind of looks like Zelda. You know, I was thinking it was going to be one of those games that it, it's got Zelda like qualities to it. And it, then it kind of does its own thing uh, as well. But then you play it and you're just like, wait, no, this is literally just Zelda. They just made Zelda on the master system. Yeah. I mean, instead of, instead of, you know, link in the green, uh, you're in blue. I mean, they copied everything <laughs> from like, there are areas of the map. If you played Zelda and you remember the map, you can get around a good portion of this game. Uh, it's it's that close. The enemies are just palette swapped out. Uh, uh, the music is close enough to it also. Did Nintendo not? I mean, nowadays you can't put a video on YouTube with with one of their games in it with, without you know without them coming down on it. Did they just not care then? I, this is something they would not let slide nowadays. This game would not have made it out of production. Well, I think there's a couple factors there. One, it is different enough that you could say because again, I mean, in, in 1991 and in, in the late 80s. There are a lot of games that are incredibly similar that, that you could say, well, they, they really took, it's an homage to this game, or oh, they, they really did steal it, but they changed just enough. It's, it's like any of my college papers. Really, I probably copied 90% of them, but you reword a few things here and there, and they're, they're their own unique thing. And that's, that's how I looked at this. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, you can either look at it as, as Sega thought, we need to make a game to, to reward loyal Master System fans with a solid game, and so why not take from one of the best games of all time? Or you can look at it as Sega just saying, I don't have time to make a game. Let me just take this one, and I'll palette swap out a few enemies. Yeah, I mean, this is essentially, uh, this was Vanilla Ice's argument as far as Ice Ice <laughs> Baby and Under Pressure <laughs> in video game form. Well, I don't think it's quite that bad because I think, I think that you can't compare those two songs. But I think these game, this game on its own, if you've never played The Legend of Zelda, is a good game. I mean, it, it. you have to ignore that it's a copy of a game, but on its own, in a, in a vacuum, it's a very solid game. It's a late yeah. Master System game, but it has it has good animation for the Master System. The music and the graphics are actually pretty good. I will tell you, as far as I had a lot of Master System games, they were all uh, ugly for the most part. Yeah, I mean, this you could tell this was late in that system's life. It's a very nice-looking game. Uh, and it's a, a very not. There's a lot of good music in it too, uh, but like I was discussing on the uh, the Facebook chat before, uh, Jeremy P got angry at me. I think he thought we were going to discuss all the good material there, <laughs> and 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 you guys would just get what was left. You get the scraps on here, uh, <laughs> but yeah, for all the good though, I, I I have trouble judging this game 
on its own merits because it really doesn't have a lot of its own merits. The music's good, but if if you're familiar with Zelda, you can hear the the really strong influence and the graphics are good, but it's the it's the same thing. Uh the controls are really solid also, but still it's you know, it's uh, I think I compared it when I was talking to you guys earlier this week. If I took a really famous drawing and I just traced over the entire thing and I presented it, I, it's a really nice drawing, but it's uh, <laughs> but it's not yours. Yeah, I mean, it's like, right, man, right. this is an excellent drawing. Uh, yeah, Billy, this is is tremendous. But I mean, it's not my drawing to be praised at the same time. I mean, I'm just making a copy of of the original. Uh, I mean, I I'm, think it, it has some some cool little things in it that you know that the the first Zelda game didn't have at all. Um, you know, it, it's it was kind of fun rolling up or running around the map and then rolling into these little towns, mm-hmm. kind of like classic JRPG form where you can go in the houses and talk to people and and buy stuff at the shops. And I, I thought that was really good, and it, mm-hmm. it really felt for a minute like you you were playing a game that wasn't Zelda. But then as soon as you walked right outside of those towns you're like oh oh yeah this is just zelda again i'm still just playing zelda uh but i i thought that was cool at least but yeah everything else even a lot of the you know the the power-ups you get in the dungeons uh when when i saw the canoe i was like oh yeah yeah they they just went wholesale just straight zelda for this thing and uh by and large that, that's what you're gonna get but uh, you know it's that doesn't make it a terrible game i think it's actually a a very good game and uh, I, I think this was actually, uh, I think a lot of people would have really liked this more so than what we got with Zelda 2. This is definitely, this definitely feels more like Zelda 1.5 than what we got with Zelda 2. Yeah, I think maybe it's in comparison to the, uh, the you know, the Mario Brothers sequel they had in Japan, which essentially, you know, was just more, you know, more of the same. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and this is something, and and I'm saying I know a lot of negative things, but if you didn't have a Nintendo, you only had a Master System, uh, this game, you would have been all over it. This would have been your jam on there. Well, this would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. For all your friends, you know, showing off the, you know, this this awesome Zelda game they have. Yeah, this would have been your answer to it. And I think back then, I mean, nobody would have really looked at this thing as being uh, as big of a blatant ripoff as we do now, and as a kid, who would have cared anyway? No, I, I think they would have, and I, I you know, we, we talked you about this so? earlier a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, before we we did the recording. But you know, to say if this was an actual sequel to Zelda, I think we would have felt ripped off because it's too close. It's mm-hmm. again, it's just different enough to to not get sued over, but it's pretty much the same game. I think if this would have come out, we would have thought, wow, Nintendo, thanks a lot. I already played this exact game. The map is too similar. The The dungeons are too similar. The The layout is too similar. Everything is too much of the same. Zelda 2, while arguably not a good game, I mean, in my opinion, it's horrible, but but at least they tried to do something different. And the future versions of Zelda, the you know, the Zelda on the... On the um, Super Nintendo and, and all the other Zeldas, even though they build off of the same formula... They don't feel as much of a copy of Zelda as this game does. I mean, this game is a straight-up copy of Zelda. Um, yeah. I have some, some more specific uh, actual, like, I did a pretty firm comparison to certain things just to to really show how how much it's the same, but at the same time what they added to it. So, again, it's it's the idea of, of, of a college paper, you know, that you took a sentence you found somewhere else and you add some flowery words to the end of it and you make it look like it's your own. 
So somehow, if you've not played The Legend of Zelda, first off, you should stop this podcast immediately and play it and come back in a couple days and realize that you've played, the, in my opinion, maybe the best video game ever made. I think Legend of Zelda, at least for me and based on what I like now, if it wasn't for Legend of Zelda, I would probably not be into video games as much as I am right now. Mm-hmm. I love that game. So if you have not played it somehow and you're still listening, uh, it's just a rant. You know, it's, it's the, the benchmark um, action RPG. So you, you go from screen to screen killing enemies to get power-ups, mainly money and, and some, some life, and then you find dungeons throughout the map that you're supposed to, to, uh, to go through to complete and beat the boss. In each dungeon, they have an item that helps you go further in your quest. So uh, in this game, I'll go through some of that. You know, At the very beginning, you can only find one dungeon. When you find in that dungeon, you'll find an axe, and the axe helps you cut down trees. And using that ability, you can open up larger parts of the map where you find other dungeons. It's Every dungeon has an item in it that either helps you in uh, by powering yourself up stronger or helps you open up other parts of the map. I think it's a pretty apt description of what Zelda is, and, and, and this game as well. So here's a breakdown of exactly how this game takes what Zelda has and just made it just slightly better or changed it just enough to where you're like, okay, this is its own thing. Uh, Jeremy had already mentioned they have towns. The original Legend of Zelda, it feels very very empty in a lot of ways as far as people goes. Um, you know, you find people who hide under rocks and under trees that you burn down. But generally, there aren't people other than yourself and enemies in The Legend of Zelda. This game has ten different towns. They're little. They really don't serve many purposes, although a lot of the clues and what to do to find um, the next area you're supposed to, to go to or how to kill, for example, the last boss, is things you'll find in towns. But that's fairly unnecessary. Uh, but it's still a nice touch. It's something that, that adds a little more flavor to the world, I think. It gives you some background of what's happened before you got there. So that's the first thing. Um, Zelda had nine dungeons. This game has ten. So they one up to the original Legend of <laughs> Zelda by one dungeon. Um, the original uh, map on Legend of Zelda was eight, eight screens tall by 16 screens wide for a total of 128 squares, you know, rectangles that made the map. Uh, where this game is a 15 by 15 grid, uh, so there's 225 squares. It's almost twice as big, uh, but not quite. But it's still a much bigger map, and I think because it's bigger, it can be more varied. And that's the other big difference I noticed, was that the original Legend of Zelda only has forest areas, mountain areas, uh, beach areas, sort of. They're just basically forest areas next to water. And then um, the graveyard in the upper left corner of the map. Well, this game also has a graveyard in the left corner of the map, and it has all those other areas, but then it expands. There's a swampland area, there's a desert, there's a, a lava-filled area, an ice realm, and then the open seas where there's islands you have to actually find uh, to do certain quests. And I think one of, the, uh, one of the main dungeons is on an island as well. So it does take what Zelda offered and branches out from it, but at the same time, it really does feel like they just carbon copied what was there and then added you know, an hour and a half worth of work into. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, there's no way, there's no counter argument against that. Nobody can come on here and say uh, that it's its own, you know, original thing. And I think also uh, Jeremy Gregory, I think think one of his main complaints wasn't what the game uh, really copies and what, but it's what it's not. And that is, this is a Golden Axe title. And I, and I can only imagine if you were a fan of that side-scrolling, you know, beat 'em up Golden Axe, and you're excited. Oh, there's another Golden Axe, and you pop this thing in. 
Oh, you're in for a surprise. Well, and I think you'd be right if this was released on Genesis. This would have been uh, a very questionable release. Uh, the Genesis could do a lot more than what this game uh, allows it to do. But if you're one of the eight people who own the Master System, this was a gift. <laughs> this was a, jo- a joy. I mean, you've, you've experienced none of the good that most Nintendo owners had. There's, there's a handful of amazing Sega Master System games, but there's a lot of terrible ones. And this came out, the, the last four games for the system, I believe, and, and I'm, I didn't do any research for this other than uh, the little bit I did when I was selling Sega Master System games. But the last couple games for the system was a terrible port of Sonic, a terrible port of Strider, a football game that was okay, and this. Of those games, this game's incredible. This game is the gem. And if you're still holding on to your Master System in 1991, it means you've not gone to the next level yet, and you're just waiting for some scraps. This is a good scrap. I think the the Master System, to me, was the most try-hard system that has ever been made. Like it seemed like everything on that system that they were trying to make, they were trying to push that up one more notch. Uh, you know, the stretch the, that system just a bit too far than what it should. And, and I think like that first golden X port uh, for the bastard system is a, a great example. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of glad they didn't do, they didn't try to bring golden X two over to the master system. And we got this instead, but I think, Maybe just calling this its own thing, its own title or something, would have benefited a lot better than just calling it Golden Axe. Because there's literally nothing in this game except maybe Death Adder that I can really look at and be like, oh, that's Golden Axe. You know, there's just nothing really there at all. Other than, I guess, maybe you get an axe in the first dungeon. It's not golden, but it's an axe. Well, you do need the Golden Axe to defeat Death Adder at the end. You find oh, it in the well, last there, dungeon, there though. Go. So that's, much like Legend of the... Zelda, where you get the last item to kill the guy in the last dungeon, this does the same thing. But instead of a, the silver arrow, it is, uh, it is a golden axe. Well, then at least you get that. But still, this, this doesn't look like a... Even as a spinoff, there's, there's not enough here that, that I would really recognize and be like, oh, yeah, that's golden axe. Yeah, sure. One, and I think even unless you were the most hardcore of golden axe fans, where you really knew, you know musical pieces from that game or or the names of characters or really knew some of the enemies thoroughly no it just seems like it's a copy of zelda and mm-hmm. it is but they did add you know it is death adder is the main enemy who is the main enemy of golden axe uh, and the characters that give you magic because there are four magic spells you can find throughout the game fire earth water and something else uh thunder uh, as you find those spells, the characters from Golden Axe, the original three characters, are the ones who give it to you. And the only way you know that is either by really knowing their names or the music that plays in the rooms where they exist is the first level music in Golden Axe. Oh. I had to verify that. I just I kind of recognized it, but I was like, I don't know if that's true. But since I knew this was Golden Axe where I went back to check. And it is the, the, the first world music in Golden Axe. is the, the music that plays only in their rooms in this game. And uh, those are the characters that give you the magic. So they tried loosely to tie this to the world of Golden Axe, but but ultimately this had to have been a, you know what, we don't have a Zelda, why not just copy Zelda? Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much it. Uh, but I want to uh, not talk about the game for a minute. I just, man, I'm blown away. This is the most research I think Jeremy P. has put into anything we have done on here. Uh, really anything in my life for the last 20 years. I've done more research for this game <laughs> than anything I've done anywhere else. And uh, if, if he put this dedication into his everyday life, he would be far too wealthy to be on this <laughs> podcast with us. Well, I'd find a way to screw that up. I'm very good at screwing <laughs> up uh, jobs and things along those lines. So, uh, But not 
apparently talking about video games. I'm very good at uh, at doing some research that doesn't matter at all. This game does have those ties, and it is a copy of Zelda, but I think, I don't think it's as good, and and I don't know why, because on paper this actually does, it one-ups Zelda in almost every way, but I don't think it controls quite as tight, I don't think it looks as clean as Zelda does, because the Master System in general can do more colors than the Nintendo, and the music, I think, has more channels even, but it's it just doesn't look as tight, it looked very fuzzy almost um all master system games kind of do because of the color i think but it just was not as crisp and clean as zelda all around and i think another uh thing this uh, another it doesn't it does not copy the challenge of legend of zelda uh these are some of the and i think i i polled you guys in a chat earlier i said hey how many dungeon bosses did you beat without ever moving because i i got in two which which of that first one, and there's a giant skull at one point in time, and I just stayed right there at the entrance. I never moved. Uh, I just kept swinging, and they just kept uh, just kept taking hits without dealing out any damage. And it seems like the enemies on the kind of the overworld, uh, I don't think they really want to hurt you that bad. They don't seem like they're really out to get you at any point in time. As a kid playing through Zelda, I you know had countless deaths on there. Uh, you know, especially some of those late dungeons. I really, I may have just died a couple of times in the course of this game. There's just not really much challenge there. Yeah, the um, the the overworld enemies, especially in Zelda, had a sort of they were they were kind of aggressive. Uh, the the ones in this game, though, they just kind of stand around. They don't seem like they're drawn to you at all. Um, you know, you could just kind of run past most of them and, and not even have to worry about it. And Zelda, it always seemed like, um, you know, they, if you got close enough to them, they'd, they'd always kind of home in onto, onto you and shoot at you or something like that. You just don't get that in this game at all. It, it seems fairly harmless, and especially the bosses in the dungeons. I only got, I only beat the first three uh, dungeon bosses, so maybe they get much harder later on. But, yeah, they just kind of stand there. They They do their thing. And they don't seem to be actually caring about you. I mean, you can just run all of the screen if you want to. They're just going to keep doing that same thing over and over again, regardless of where you are. So it it really didn't seem like it was very challenging from from what I did anyway. Uh, the bosses in the dungeons, I would say, don't have the finesse of Zelda by any means. Like the first couple bosses, sure. Uh, the first boss in Zelda was the the, uh, the dragon that shoots three fireballs, I think. Um, you know, this has the same thing. It's exactly the same boss in the first dungeon. But then it never, the game never really advances a technique past that. Sure, the bosses have some more interesting attacks, but ultimately you can just run at them and either either find a corner to stand in where you swing your axe over and over again uh, or your sword over and over again till, you, till they take damage uh, like Billy did on that one boss. Or I just would make sure I had full life. There's one of the magics you earn that heals you a little bit and you can get an item, uh, which is a magic apple or an uh, 
a golden apple that will heal you fully. As long as I had those items and I was full on life, I could just stand there and, and basically tank them. Just stand right in the middle, swing my axe a whole lot, and I'll kill mm-hmm. them before I run out of life. I mean, it's not the most, you know, there wasn't, um, you know, uh, Zelda had the, uh, and I forgot the names of these guys because I didn't do any research on Zelda, but uh, Dodongo, the, the Triceratops, you had to shoot, you know, you had to make him eat a bomb, and then you could stab him after he, the bomb blew up in his stomach. There's nothing that takes that level of finesse. It's just literally how much damage can you take, you know, can you deal out more damage than you take before the boss dies? Even up to the last boss, other than needing to have the golden axe, there's no finesse to any of the bosses at all. Uh, the overworld, I would say, generally, you're, you know, Jeremy is right. Nothing was, it's not even like they don't do damage, but you have to go out of your way to get to them. They kind of do their own thing if you're there or not. They don't really care where you are. They don't home in on you. And there's nothing, even in the dungeons, I think that is tough as the, uh, I want to say they're called Iron Knuckles, but the, the knights from the original Zelda that you have to hit when they're not facing you, there's nothing even close to that tough in the entire game. Yeah, it's a... Uh... I, I just never felt any danger whatsoever running around that overworld. And there was always something about playing the original Zelda where you like, you know, you, you could run around, but there was always this slight sense of danger if you didn't know what was ahead or whatever, you know, and, and one of those enemies uh, could take you out in a, you know, a few hits, but here they, they were just kind of lazily roamed around. Occasionally they would throw an ax at you. If one of the guys could throw an ax uh, or something would shoot a fireball, but you move very fast in this game. You know, like you, uh, in Zelda, you, you didn't really... I mean, you move at a, at a decent pace in Zelda, but it seems like you move much faster in this game than what you do in Zelda. And just like Zelda, when you go to an, another screen or a new screen, the enemies will spawn onto the screen in like a puff of smoke. And now in Zelda, you couldn't make it very far by the time they spawned. In this game, you can literally be half a screen or three-fourths across the screen to where you want to go before the enemies even finish spawning into the screen. So that makes them even more ineffective. And I think it's funny that you think that your character moves very fast because only going through the first three dungeons, you didn't find the speed-up shoes that make you go even faster. Oh, my God. What the? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so you know, Zelda had, had the... Um, a candle would burn down trees and you'd get a raft to go across um, larger things of water where there were you know ports essentially you could go in and out of uh there was a ladder that crossed small screen streams and things well this game has the same idea but it does have other items the shoes that speed you up there's a hot air balloon you earn towards the very end that just lets you see an overworld map i thought it was like it was going to give me fast travel i was super excited but no it just lets you go basically you fly up straight in the air and then look at a map mm-hmm, um weird. It, it does have a candle but the candle lights rooms and if you're going to you know get rid of a tree you have an axe like they just again they just tweaked enough to where they're like well it doesn't make sense that a candle would burn down a tree but an axe could cut down a tree so here's what we'll do we'll make that happen and uh yeah there's a canoe that they use for the purpose of going through the streams like the ladder would i mean it's it's definitely you know on paper again if you had never played zelda somehow if you were alive in 1991 owned a master system lived on an island and none of your friends even heard of nintendo you would have thought this was the coolest game you've ever played yeah. That's true, but but the problem is that is such a small, small number. Of, if anyone, I, I don't know how you could make it <laughs> I would to, believe ni- there's to not 1991 one and have not either played it or you know sat down while someone because Zelda was the kind of game you showed to your friends when they came over. I mean, it was a one player game, but you gathered people around and and played that thing. And even if you played it yourself, if you went over to a friend's house, you wanted to watch them play it. And see maybe what secrets they knew uh, that you didn't, or see how they got through an area uh, you were stuck on. 
this, uh, you know, I've tried. The problem is, if this was a game that borrowed ideas, I, I don't, I'd be able to judge it a little bit better on its own accord. This is, uh, it's just shameful. It's downright shameful. For for as far, uh, you know, 1990, you know, nineteen in the 90s, this thing came out. Yeah, for the Master System owners that were tired of playing Alex Kidd, uh, this was a good one, but oh, shame on Sega for this one. It, it, it's a pretty blatant copy. There are definitely loads of games out there that take ideas from Zelda and copy them very closely without looking this much of a copy. Uh, a TurboGrafx game we have not reviewed and will probably not because I think it's been a, a banned system at this point, but uh, a game, Newtopia, came out on that system, and it was a very, very Zelda-like, but it was still its own game. It was still, it didn't feel a copy like this did. I mean, from the moment I that we all started playing this, I'm sure everyone, two screens in, you're like, oh... I see. I mean, literally, you leave the town, you start, well, you start in a graveyard next to a town. Then you go to the town, and you go down one screen, and it's a forest level with the exact same layout as a Zelda forest level. It's not kind of the same. It's exactly the same. And it has slimes in it, just like Zelda has those slimes in it. And it has what look like the boomerang-throwing dog guys from Zelda, but I think they're supposed to be bears. But it's the exact same everything the moment you leave town. I think the the craziest thing for me is that it came out in 1991. I didn't know uh, that it came out that late. And what when was Zelda? 86. It it was it came out on the in Japan in 86 for the whatever the precursor of the NES was. But it showed up on the NES here in 1987. So it, it had five years essentially yeah. of copying to literally copy the exact game and not really change it much. I mean, think about the Legend of Zelda, the Adventure of Link, which arguably is a worse game. Uh, came out the next year it came out in 1988 so nintendo had already gone years ahead of this style of game in general before this even showed up and it's exactly the same as zelda i mean five years in a console's lifespan even now is a massive difference but then it was it was a huge difference in what you could do with the systems my opinion of this game just went down i'm getting uh... (laughs) i seriously thought this game was like released maybe like a year or at the most two years after the original Zelda on NES for Master System. But learning this thing came out in 1991. Oh, man, that's that's a long time to go to to end up just making a copy of the first <sighs> Legend of Zelda game. I'm pretty sure... When, when was the Super Super NES Zelda release? That was, wasn't too long after I, this. I want to say 92 or 93, but it still wasn't wasn't much after this. So, yeah, that, that game's like, you know, years and years and years more advanced this than this. Game. But again, you can't compare that because it's a different system. Yeah, it's not in the same. Yeah. You know, if, it, if this came out on Genesis, that would be a fair comparison. But it did not. They did at least leave this on the Master System. Kind of. I still think it's part of a farewell package to to, to Master System owners. Here's some games that you might like. I, mean, I know you like them because everyone else loved them five years ago. I'm getting angrier as we sit here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Ugh. before we before we decide whether or not this is the biggest ripoff of all time. I don't know if you guys did. I mean, I know I clearly did way too much research for this game. But the same year this came out, because Golden Axe 2 for the Genesis came out this year, and then Golden Axe Warrior for the Master System, they released a game on the Game Gear called Axe Battler, A Legend of Golden Axe. (laughs) And it is, except for the town sections that look a lot like Dragon Warrior, an exact copy of The Adventure of Link. No. It's got an overworld map that's the same. When you you run into a random monster there, you go into a closer side-scroller, action Jeez. battler that's 2d just like Le- adventures of link and when you go into the dungeons and the the caves and everything else it's another side scroller it is yeah. oh. they took 
again, in 1991, so that's three years after the adventure of Link, they basically said, you know what? These systems are almost done. We're going to just copy our competitors' you know, arguably biggest hits and just re-release them. It's one, oh, it's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing to copy a good game. Uh, man. I almost get, wanted get, to not mention that and try to do it as another review, but I think we'd get five no, minutes in and Billy no, no, would no, no. quit the podcast. <laughs> get off his, get off Link's dick. What, what's going on here? I, I, Sega made a much better Zelda clone later. Um, that was on the Saturn Legend of Oasis. I mean, that was a great game. Uh, so I mean, they definitely, you know, learned how to make their own thing down the road. But for for this in 1991 and what they did for Game Gear, it, it is it is shameless for that period of time. One well, Legend of Oasis is a, a sequel to Defenders of Oasis that was on Genesis. But yes, that's another game that it takes a lot from Zelda, but it's still its own game. It has an overworld that scrolls. It's not screen by screen like this is, and it's got uh, the, the dungeons aren't quite as Zelda like. But it takes those that overhead three quarter view or whatever that's supposed to be, and and turns it into to a different style of game while still being very similar to what Zelda did right. This, on the other hand, is literally just, you know, everything down to, you know, each screen scrolls to the next screen, everything zooms in, and then you find a dungeon that looks just like the dungeons in Zelda. Uh, that You know, you, you find the map, and you... We actually don't even find a map. It maps it for you automatically. But you have to find one item in each dungeon, and then fight the boss, and then go to the next dungeon and fight... Well, find one item and fight a boss. I mean, this is you couldn't get any closer to copying a game. I'm trying to think of a closer ripoff that isn't like, like a, you know, a PC homebrew that's clearly a ripoff. But I can't think of a, a closer ripoff, you know, since like the, the early 80s when everybody made their own Pac-Man. There's not. There, uh, there, oh, you know, the, you know, now when they do the porn parodies of blockbuster films, there's more integrity to those <laughs> than there is this game. And I wonder, uh, you know, they had the Genesis does what Nintendo don't. But the fucking Master System sure does exactly what Nintendo does. <laughs> Can we review next week a Master System game with a fat man with a hat on that jumps on turtles? <laughs> I'm sure they have many versions of that game. I would like to say one thing before we close it out on this game. Um, one thing that really bugged me. And it was something that really bugged me in, in the original Zelda, but again, they had to take it to the extreme in this one or try to one-up the original Zelda, was the amount of secret rooms that you can find in this game. Mm. And all the way to the point of making the save room, the way you save your game, is a hidden room. And what you have to do is, just like Zelda, you go onto each screen, and you're, you just have to swipe your, your weapon at one of the trees or something and hope that one of them disappears and you see some little... Stairs that goes down to a cave, and you'll either find some guys wanting to give you a gift, you'll find a store, or you'll find the guy that lets you save your game. And if you don't find that, you can't save your game, which is just, that one blew my mind when I saw that one. Well, each town, except for, there's a couple ruined towns, but each town also has a save spot. But yes, the save spots that you're finding out in the field are much closer to the dungeons. And especially the later dungeons, if you didn't find that save spot, you're going to be walking for a while to get back. So... <laughs> it's like every screen has one of those hidden rooms. I mean, yes. Zelda had a lot of them too, but this felt like every screen they just were like, throw one in. Why not? And some rooms actually had two hidden rooms. That's crazy. Yep. It it just kind of got out of control, and and I, at some point I just stopped going in them, you know, and and because I, I was like, it's just going to be some guy giving me fucking money or something we're to buy shit money. that I don't really want to buy. Oh wait, but, no, not coins, horns, horns. I'm sorry, yes, <laughs> horns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess on its own, if Jeez. somehow you had never played Zelda, I still say this is a great game, but anyone who has played Zelda, unless you're the biggest fan of Zelda ever and really want to play another game that's just like like a third quest, if this is a good Zelda third quest, if you finish the first quest and the second quest and you really want more, this is your good third quest if you can find it uh, for cheap or, again, on the, the Sonic's collection. I think it's a, it's well worth trying, but, man, it's it's more interesting just to see exactly how close you can get to the original without getting sued. Really curious to see if there was uh, any code in there that that looks suspicious, suspiciously su- similar to uh, what was on that uh, that NES Zelda. Because man, some of this stuff is so close; it's it's really, really kind of makes you wonder. Downright right. shameful. So that'll do it for our coverage of Golden Axe Warrior. But this week, thankfully, we have another listener question. What is our listener question this week, Jeremy? This week, Rainier, I I apologize if I I say your name wrong. Rainier writes in to ask if we have any old games that have completely blinded us with nostalgia to the point that we can still play them and enjoy them today despite having significant problems that new players wouldn't be able to overcome if they played them today. You know, that's it's a good question, and, and when we talked about we we're going to use that question today, I sat there, and every time I came up with a game, I kept thinking, no, no, that's, you know, that everyone's going to argue that that is a good game, because everyone's got the same problem I have, that I can't look past the history of the game. But if you really think about it from a, if I gave this to a, let's say a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old today, would they be able to put up with how obnoxious the game is? Uh, for whatever reason, mechanics or, or whatever it is. And I think I've decided that the original Dragon Warrior is that game for me. I can play that game over and over again. I actually just recently bought it again for the phone, uh, for my phone, so I could do something at work other than actually work. I like it, but it's definitely very, very slow, very, very grindy. It doesn't necessarily tell you where to go and what to do. It is... Uh, Generally, I would say probably not fun. I don't know. I don't know if there's a better way to put it. But you just—it doesn't have any of the flair of later of later role-playing games. You don't have a lot of items. You don't have a lot of magic. You just have kind of a ba- very bare bones quest to go in three different places and just grind, 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 grind. But for some reason, I can play it over and over and over again. I think a lot of those old those NES era JRPGs. Those are almost unplayable these days, I would wager. If, if anybody wanted to actually start with the original Final Fantasy or Dragon's Quest, they would, I, I don't know how long they could make it before they would just stop playing. At least at least Final Fantasy, and I thought about that too, but at least Final Fantasy does let you make a party, and you do get to get different items and, and spells and things. Dragon Warrior really is, like, you're one character. You don't change who you are, that's who you are. You're by yourself and you're just fighting things over and over and over again to get more powerful, and there's a lot of grinding. It, it's it's probably the worst of those games for that reason, even though it's kind of the reason all those other games exist. Oh, what was your game like that, Jeremy? I had to think about it for a while myself, and, and I guess I would probably have to say it was the Gex series of games. <laughs> Whoa, no, wow. Who's mm. ever liked Gex? You're that guy. 
I'm the guy that likes Gex. I know everybody probably expected me to say General Chaos, but I still think General Chaos is a, a legitimately good game. And these these guys here that don't like, they're the ones that are wrong. But I know in my heart of hearts that the Gex series is not a good game. The The first game is arguably good. But after that, it kind of went into, it tried to do the whole Super Mario 64 thing of uh, being a 3D platformer. Now, as a kid, I played Gex, the, the uh, God, well, I think it was just called Gex 3D, um, Gex 2 or whatever the hell it was. I played the shit out of that, and I beat it. And um, I can still sit down to it to this day and really enjoy playing that. But it is so completely broken and hard to play and hard to control. Everything about it <clears throat> is just horrible. But I still love it. I still love even the, the sequel to that one. I, I still can sit down and play it and, and have a great time. <laughs> but anybody else would just probably sit there and be like, what's wrong with you? Why, why, how can you just sit and play this terrible game over and over again for hours on end? I, but yeah, I, that's just uh, nostalgia to do that to you. And, and, and I have a few. Uh, actually, it's kind of a theme. I have a, a soft spot for those those licensed uh, NES games. I, I absolutely love Nightmare on Elm Street for the NES. I will play it at any time and will play it through to completion. I like that Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the NES, and that's another. Uh-huh. One I will play straight through. I mean, once you once you, you you learn where the items are, where to use them. My probably the top one, uh, and I know one of you in particular does not care for this game. Is that Jaws for the NES? <laughs> in no way, in no way, a good game. Uh, maybe even less redeeming qualities than the game we spoke of today, though it does not have the the shameful history attached to it. But yeah, it's it's a very a very basic game. Uh, there's not a lot asked of you in it. Uh, it's very simple to pick up. You know, except well, except for that end with Jaws, uh, where you have to line up that pixel to to you know kill him. Uh, you know what's expected of you, and I I just think uh, it's a very kind of relaxing game to sit down and play. Uh, if you know what you're doing with it, you can play through it. You know, in a half hour or so, and uh, and I know I'm, I'm not delusional. There's nothing good about that game. It's an awful game. All three of the ones I listed and a lot of the other ones, uh, you know, for the NES based on movies or comics or anything like that, you know, Total Recall, another one I will play through willingly. But Jaws has always been that one. And Jaws is that one that, you know, every few years I will go back to. And, you know, I might not play it all the way through, but I'll play it for a few minutes here and there. I'm uh, flabbergasted. The reason for hating Jaws wasn't so much that. I mean, it is a bad game. I think it's one of the more playable LJN games, except maybe for that, you know, the like you said, killing Jaws at the very end, which is almost impossible. But um, I hated it because I got it for Christmas after I asked for way better games all oh, year long. Yeah, so that's, that's tough. That one killed me because I just didn't fucking want it. I wanted, you know, Super Mario Brothers 2 or something like that, and instead I got handed... Jaws. If it makes and, you feel any better, I got Bugs Bunny's birthday blowout one year for Christmas. Oh, God. And I, yeah, and I was asking for a Mega Man game. Oh, you couldn't get much farther worse. from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Wow. Well, uh, if you have a question for us, please send it in because I love listener questions, actually. I, I, they, they're better topics than we could come up with. So please, uh, if you have some, send them on in. Uh, for next show, we originally were going to do Skull Monkeys for the PlayStation, and we still will. We're, but I've called an audible. We're pushing it back. This past week on the Wii U Virtual Console, they re-released one of the hmm, standouts of the NES library. So we are going to do for the next show The Legend of Bayou Billy for the Nintendo Entertainment System. I don't know how excited I am. And after picking that, I did buy it again for the Wii U Virtual Console. And I'm going to spoil next week's episode a little bit. I'm full of regret. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to playing it more. Perhaps I just need to get a little better at it again. But until then... <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do the next podcast <laughs> when Jeremy is out next podcast, and it's just me and Billy for thirty seconds talking about how much we hate uh, this game. You think I'm going to be there? <laughs> this is going to be the episode with just me on it. It's going to be very good, and a lot of talk about why you shouldn't merge genres into one game. Anyway, before next episode, if you're looking for more amazing game coverage please check us out on retrovania.net there will be far better games uh videos of those games articles about those games and we will see you in two weeks with bayou billy talk to you then